Sorry, everyone, I forgot to put my mic on. There we go. Let's start again. <laughs> Hi, I'm John Schmidt, and I'm confused today. Hey, um, we are. <laughs> I was talking to somebody out uh, in the hallway, and it always looks like I'm with the CIA when I'm wearing this and talking to somebody. Anyway, uh, so anyway, I'm glad that y'all are here today, and uh, I am so excited about what we're talking about today. This is a sequel to where we started last week. It's in our series, More. That little bumper was uh, just some footage from a cave that was discovered uh, about eight, ten years ago in Vietnam, world's largest cave. People walked in there, and it was gigantic. I mean, nobody could believe it. It was so much more than they'd ever dreamed. That's the way church is, when you understand it. People think going to church, go to a worship service on Sunday morning, drive to a building at the corner of First and Elm. That's church. Mm-mm. There's a whole lot more. A whole lot more. More than we expected, more than most of us have experienced. And today, I want to show you what the Bible has to say about how much more church can be. And I hope you'll be excited. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I just thank you for your word. It's our guide in all matters of faith and practice. And Lord, your word guides us into being your people, your body, your ambassadors in this world. And I pray, Lord, we'll embrace that. And that, Lord, today you will energize us and excite us about what you have in store for us. Show us what more can be. Please move me out of the way and say whatever you want said to us, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, point uh, inside your bulletin, you find an outline of where I'm headed, and you can fill in the blanks as we go along. Point one is there is more to the Christian life than getting saved and personal spiritual growth. There is. If you ever wondered, well, hey, I got saved 30 years ago. I've been going to Bible studies and things. What's the point of all this? I mean, am I just supposed to get educated before I die and go to heaven and that's it? Am I going to be teaching lessons up there? Or what am I doing with all this? Well, God has things for us to do. This is point A. Jesus gave us a mission. We have stuff we're supposed to be doing while we're here. We do. I do. You do. This is Church is More Part 2. Last week we talked about that we aren't just people who attend church. We are the church. We're more than that. We're more than attenders. We're the church. And God has a mission for us. Listen to this. Jesus told his disciples, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Well, that wasn't just for the original 12. That's for all the disciples they made, all the disciples those disciples made, and so on. And we are the current generation of disciples, and this is our mission. If that's okay with you, would you say amen? Amen. Good. Well, then we're doing well. Point B, the Holy Spirit will give us power to accomplish our mission. If you were reluctant to say amen, going, now, wait a minute, I don't know if I have the strength to do that. Well, I know you don't. Lord knows that we didn't. And that's why Jesus, when he told his disciples he was giving them this mission, he also told them that he was going to give them power to accomplish the mission. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere to the ends of the earth. God's going to give us the power to accomplish our mission. If that's good news to you, would you say amen? Amen. There's more. Could there be more? Oh, yes, there's more. Point C. The Holy Spirit also gives us spiritual gifts to accomplish our mission. This is what gives us confidence. It's what gave us confidence to form this church eight years ago. The original folks who got together at Cracker Barrel here in Prattville and then started meeting in a living room. So what gave them confidence was is that when they started meeting as a church, God was going to bring the right people together 
and give the abilities necessary for the church to function. This is the great confidence whenever we start a church at another location. When there are churches that meet in Africa or China or underground churches in places where people aren't free to live out their faith, how do we know that the right pieces will be there? Well, this is God's church, and he's going to bring the right pieces together. If you understand that, if, without understanding, listen to this paragraph from 1 Corinthians 12. The Apostle Paul talks about this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. And now listen to this last sentence. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Please underline that. God is going to give spiritual gifts, special abilities, so that the church can grow strong and function. Every church that's dedicated to him. You're going to see in the next few paragraphs that we quote uh, from Paul's letter there in 1 Corinthians 12 and in uh, Romans 12, he says God does this in every church. The Holy Spirit is active, bringing the right people together at the right time so that the functions of the church can be accomplished. He assembles the whole thing. If that's good news to you this morning, would you say amen? That was a lame amen, but I'll go with it, okay? But a spiritual gift is given to each of us, listen to this again, so we can help each other. So we can help each other. That's why we get the spiritual gift. Not to show off, not to talk about how I'm more gifted than you are. Nothing like that. It's so we can help each other. So here's a life application. It's not about me. Rick Warren started the um, Purpose Driven Life, his best-selling book with that sentence, and it's because of this. When God brings us together as a church and he puts his Holy Spirit inside of us and gifts us to work together, it's never so I can just show off or be a big deal or anything like this. He does all that so we can help each other. It's not about me. Can we say that together, please? It's not about me. One more time. It's not about me. Now turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you either. Do it right now. It's not about you either. <laughs> it's not. Do you know why he brings us together and gives us spiritual gifts? So we can help each other. I'm telling you, you're going to love the rest of this outline. Point two, spiritual gifts are more important to our church than we may realize. This is a series called More. I mean, walking into that cave, the whole thing is much more than they ever realized. Nobody knew all that was down there. That's the way it is for us when we come to church. People don't even realize, God's gifted me so I can play. God has given, point A, all of us spiritual gifts. We just read it up there. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. I put in all of us. Each of us means all of us. People say, well, John, yeah, you got a spiritual gift because you're a pastor. You're going to need that. Well, wait a minute. We aren't just people who attend church. We are the church. Gives you gifts too. I got gifts. You got gifts. We all got gifts. This is a good thing. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. This is Paul, 1 Corinthians 12. To the to another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. Same Spirit gives great faith to another. Someone else, the Spirit gives a gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. Another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages. Well, another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. 
And that's not the only list of spiritual gifts. That was 1 Corinthians 12. Listen to Romans 12. Apostle Paul, same guy, talking about this, talking about all the different ways the Holy Spirit manifests himself. Listen to this other list in Romans 12. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage each other, encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God's given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, then do it gladly. I mean, this should greatly encourage you that all of us have a spiritual gift. We all do. I mean, this is one of the things that shocked me, that I was part of God's mission. Uh, I got involved in ministry in college, surrendered my life to Christ, got involved in ministry, got into Bible study, all this stuff, did different campus ministry things, and then prayed like crazy with that Bible study group that God would show me where I was supposed to start my first job. And so I took my first job and through a company that was all around the world, and they sent me to a uh, a location they had here in Montgomery, Alabama. That's how I originally got here from Kansas. I had studied engineering. The engineering job brought me here. And I had prayed in that Bible study that God would take me to the right place and that God would use me in ministry. Well, then I get to this place where I'm working and I'm working alongside a guy. One guy's an alcoholic and this other person has a terrible marriage. This other person's the most foul-mouthed person I've ever seen with a horrible temper. This other person's a gossip and stuff. And I called the guy I ran the Bible study with. I go, he goes, well, how's it going? I go, it's terrible. I'm down here among all these people. Hardly any of them seem to even know God. Why do you think God put me here? And he goes, well, John, we prayed that God would use you in ministry. I'm still not getting it, okay? You know, I'm slow on the uptake. I go, well, yeah. And he goes, what do you think ministry looks like? And here we go. Sunday morning. Our Bible studies on Tuesday nights. John, the Bible study on Tuesday night was to equip you to go talk to that guy who's the alcoholic and help him to help the person with the foul mouth learn how to use his tongue to praise God, to tell these other people about Jesus. What do you think we were studying all that for? Oh, yeah, I knew that. I was just testing to see you if you knew that. No, no. I mean, the penny had never dropped. Do you know that God wants the reach of his kingdom to go in your neighborhood, in your office, in your classroom, in your family, in my family, in my neighborhood? Because I'm the church. You're the church. We're the church together. We're the church. Well, how are we going to do that? Well, he's going to give us gifts. And we just use them for his glory. Because if I'm working in one place and you're the other, when we come together, how do we encourage each other? How do we teach each other? How do we strengthen each other? How do we build each other up? so we don't get worn out, and so we don't get overwhelmed. That's what Paul's talking about. Important note here. We don't decide which gifts we receive. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, Paul said, it's the one and only Spirit, the Holy Spirit, distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I don't get to vote on it. I can't buy it. There's one illustration in Acts where somebody tried to buy it, and that was a bad deal. Peter said, may your money perish with you, wicked soul. And I can't buy the Holy Spirit. Don't vote on it. I just cooperate with what God has given me and use it for his glory. And when I do, 
my goodness, I experienced a whole other dimension of life that I never even dreamed of. Also, the other note is, no one has all the spiritual gifts. I mean, there are some people who have the gift of serving, some with the gift of teaching. By the way, that gift of prophesying is not just knowing about the future, but it's also declaring God's word as a clear statement, calling people to repentance and obedience. Prophets did that too. Are all apostles, this is 1 Corinthians 12, are all apostles, are we all prophets, are we all teachers, do we all have the power to do miracles, do we all have the gift of healing, do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages, do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should be earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. When Paul was writing to the people in Corinth, they were fighting about this, and he was telling them, you know, he'd written them a question about all this, and he said, well, let me explain this to you. This isn't about showing off. It isn't about saying, hey, my gift is more important than your gift or whatever. The whole idea is how do we use it together? That brings us to point B. God gifts some of us even with the ability to equip and train the rest of us in using our spiritual gifts. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, church planters, the prophets, the people who are uh, like I said, calling people to repentance and other things, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I mean, I, I want you to know, I wasn't always in ministry. People think I was, that I was born in a seminary. And I go, no, I wasn't. I was just taking a job down in Montgomery, Alabama, and God put me in this situation, this guy who was leading a Bible study said, I said, well, what do I do? And he goes, We'll walk through whatever door is open. And we prayed that God would show you ministry. Let's see. Let's see what kind of ministry doors he opens for you. Craziest thing you ever seen. We started praying that. He said, what I want you to do is take one lunch period every week. And instead of going to have lunch, just go and pray that God would use the rest of the time to show you who you could minister, where you're working. Oh, my goodness. Got to share my faith with all kinds of people. The guy was an alcoholic. I was the one asked by the company. The company asked me to get him into a rehab program. This guy was having problems with his marriage. I was 24 and single, and I was giving him and his wife marriage advice. I hope it was good. I don't even know what I said, okay? <laughs> but I was opening the Bible, teaching them, and I had ministry coming out of my ears. I mean, that's how I discovered that maybe I ought to be in full-time ministry. Because God kept opening door after door after door. Man, I hope you, this excites you. It's like walking in that cave and there's a giant room. There's, there's so much more. This isn't about just going to a worship service once a week. This isn't about sitting inside of a building somewhere. It's about the mission. Participating with God, the Holy Spirit working in our lives on this incredible adventure. That brings us to point C. God wants all of us to discover and develop our spiritual gifts. He's given you a spiritual gift too, not just me. That's how I found out that I had the gift of teaching and that prophetic edge. Because I would start talking to people and teach them some lessons from the Bible, and then they'd invite some friends. Hey, can I invite a friend too? Can, can he sit in on this? Because you do a good job on that. And then pretty soon, I have a small group. I had a small group of students. High school students, because I got started volunteering with a uh, ministry called Young Life, and I got a, a group of high school kids coming to one. I had another group just for men. And all of a sudden, it started. And they said, you need to do more of this. 
Make a careful exploration of who you are. This is Paul, Galatians 6, and the work you've been given. Then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. I, mean, I love it when the Bible just talks plain truth. That's plain. So if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, here are three things you can do right now. First of all, you and I, we can pray asking God to show us which gift he's given us and where to use them. I mean, if he's given me a gift and he wants me to use it to build up the church, why would he keep that a secret? But the question is, am I even praying, saying, God, what did you want me to do? What gift did you give me? Show me where to use it. That's all that friend of mine was telling me to do. Take one day a week, skip lunch one day a week, and ask God to open doors of ministry and then just walk through them. That's the next part there. We can serve wherever needed and observe how the Holy Spirit manifests himself in our lives. And that's what I did. I would just start talking with this guy and working with this person and seeing what turned up. He said, John, it won't be a secret. If God's in it, he'll show you what to do. I mean, that's how some of the people here have gotten involved in missions work and other things. They went on a mission trip, and they fell in love with it. They can't get enough of it. I feel like this is what God wants me to do. Good, probably so. Hmm. Finally, we can seek counsel from mature Christians. I mean, this is where you talk to a connect group leader. You call one of us on staff. I love it when people come to me and say, hey, can you help me figure out what God wants me to do? Yes, I can. But there's one caveat. What's that? If we figure out what he wants you to do, you got to do it. Oh. Yeah, this is not trivial pursuit. If God is showing you a place to serve and he's gifted you with the ability to get the work done, do it. I mean, welcome to Centerpoint. We want this to be a church where everybody plays. I love this stuff. Point three, we are more than a Christian organization. We are the body of Christ. See, Paul says, if you think about it that way, that we're all gifted and we're all going to work together to strengthen each other, to carry out the work. Okay, we're the body of Christ. So as we work together, a body is given so we can move. Last week, we talked about Peter's illustration that we're living stones in a temple and that that gives us immediate access to God because we are the church. We don't need a building anymore. We're not limited to one building in Jerusalem or anyplace else. But this is now, we're the body of Christ, so we can move. We're his hands to reach out. We're his feet to go. We're his mouthpiece to speak. We're his eyes that see problems. We're his ears that hear people's needs. Wow! And we get to play, every one of us. Point A, we're more necessary than we realize I want you to hear all of this because Paul addresses here, we're more necessary than we realize the effectiveness of Christ's body. The people in Corinth had two errors, the same errors that we have. On one side, we could say, well, I'm a big deal because I got the spiritual gift, or I could say, well, I got nothing to offer. Both sides are wrong. What's realistic is to say, God has given me a part to play, and he's gifted me with the ability to do it, and I'm going to use it. Paul says it helps to think of a church like a body. Look, the human body, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, well, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, well, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how'd you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how'd you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part 
Yeah, he's put the body together, so each part is just where he wants it. I mean, that's why he's called some to be pastors and teachers, to help the rest of us get organized. But we all need to play. You have an important part. So do I. It takes all of us together. And I loved it. Last week I was telling somebody, hey, I'm glad you came to worship today. And they said, I'm glad you came to worship today. I go, well, that would be awkward if I wasn't there. Okay. But it's also, it matters if we all come. It does. It matters if we all worship. It matters if we all serve. It matters if we all pray. It matters if we all give. Why would it not be important that you pray, that only I pray? Well, you're the pastor. You should pray. You're right. So should you. Why should I be the only one studying my Bible? Well, you're the pastor. Right. I should study my Bible. So should you. Got a little that prophet edge coming out. Okay, point B. God has arranged his body so that we all need to work together. He's rigged it. It's all rigged. We don't all have the same spiritual gift. We talked about it before, uh, that we don't all have the same spiritual gift. And we have to work together to get the work done. 1 Corinthians 12, again, in a body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable, and those we clothe, those are the ones we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts don't require this special care. So God has put the, together the body in such a way that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So that brings, here's the last life application. When we work together, we experience more abundant life. Like that cave again. Wow! I mean, when I got to that job, I didn't have any clue that God was allowing me to do ministry in a job. I thought ministry had to happen on a Sunday morning or in a Bible study. Or it was such a narrow focus. And then when I started doing all those things and working with all those things, well, then I couldn't wait to get to worship on Sunday. I couldn't wait to get to a Bible study midweek or other things because then I had other Christians help encouraging me, help encourage me, and I could ask questions, and I could praise and worship and fill up my soul when I'd been giving stuff away. And all of a sudden, the whole thing started to make sense, and I'm growing spiritually. I'm growing like a weed because I'm exercising my spiritual gifts. I hope you want that. Listen to this reference. He makes the whole body fit together, Ephesians 4.16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Man, I want to be healthy and growing. I want you to be too. And I want you to be greatly encouraged because you're a part of a church that's that way. In fact, Tommy, if you'd come up here, uh, I've asked Tommy Green. Uh, Tommy heads up our communications here, and he's the one responsible for the bulletins and the website and his team. They put together all the communication stuff we do. 
Um, but we've also put on our website, um, we put together an annual report. And we're, believe me, I'm not going to turn this to, into a business meeting, okay? So, uh, Tommy, in fact, we looked at the way people did reports. That was one of the things we were careful about. Yeah, one of the things we did, we looked at a bunch of different churches and saw how they did uh, annual reports. And when we got together with the elders and everyone else, we said we we're going to do this report. One of the things we wanted to do is we went, didn't want it to just be pie, you know, a pie chart or graphs. We wanted to show uh, pictures and stories because... It, we're really all about relationships, and so that's what we did. We went through and said, you know, every number that is on an annual report represents a person, and every person on, in there has a story, and so we wanted to share the stories of those. So we, what we did is we made it very easy for people to find, even if you've got it on your phone, if you go to the very front page of our website to our visitor page on our website, if you scroll yeah, down. Yeah, this is centeringlives.com, yeah. and if you scroll down, so go ahead and scroll down. Scroll down, you're going to find the annual report. Yeah, and we're not going to go through the whole thing with you right now, but we're just going to give you a, uh, we're going to give you a, hopefully a, an exciting taste of it because everything I've been talking about, how we all work together, it's in here. And this is what God's been doing in our church in the last year. And so uh, let's hit a few of the highlights. Yeah, so you know, if you, you click on it, you're going, it's going to take you right to the annual report. And so the very first thing you're going to see is, like we said, it's all about relationships. And so we wanted to show people actually involved in church, involved in ministry as part of the body doing what we're called together to share the good news of Jesus Christ in our area. Right. And scroll a little bit further down because we also wanted to do this. We didn't put this in print. That's a good picture. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Keep going. Which, which uh, picture are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, oh, okay. No. Okay. Anyway, well, stop right here. Go, go, go back to the worship one. Okay. Right there. All right. So if we're talking about worship, tell them about what's on this page because what's really cool about doing this electronically instead of a print format, first of all, it saved us thousands of dollars because we didn't have to print it. But also what's great, tell them, tell them about this. Yeah, well, like I said, one of the things we did, you know, you go on down a little bit further, you're going to see the numbers of, of worship and the people who serve and everything else. But we also want to tell the stories of people whose lives are being changed here at Centerpoint. So literally, if you, you click on this right here, you just literally click on it. It says click on the picture, and you clicked on it. It's literally going to take you to this testimony. So you can read the testimony of April and Mike and April Rogers and how their lives have been impacted since they began to be a part of Center Point. When they begin to be a part of the body of Christ and the difference it's made in their lives. And so it's, Yeah, so it's a video interview. It's a video interview that you can literally get to strictly, I mean straight from you just literally click it and it'll take you right to it. Right. And Tim and Carol? Tim and Carol. Tim and Carol are some of the people who serve here at Center Point. And can I just tell you, this church has been we've been going for what, eight almost nine years now? Yeah. They've served every single Sunday at this church. Tim, how many, how many times did you say that was? Over 500, over 500 services that they've served at. And uh, we want to tell the story of them and how that has impacted their lives. And so, uh, because they're part of the body and, right. and the gifts they have are very useful. Okay, so stop. So some of us... We surprised some people at 8 o'clock because they didn't realize, you know, if you, if you only been coming to one service, you don't realize we have multiple services here and multiple locations and people attending all those. And so people ask all the time, well, how many people are involved? Well, our average attendance at worship at Center Point is 1,592 people. That's men, women, children. That's upstairs, downstairs here, all the services, all the sites. Does that make sense? So you'll find out how that breaks down and other things. And we have 714 volunteers on average. Which is absolutely amazing, right? Yeah. It's absolutely amazing, but it also says that there's, there's other parts of the body that need to work together. They could be even more powerful, more impactful. Oh, yeah. So, um, also... Yeah, don't, don't read that, that, oh, okay, they don't need me. No, no, it's the other way around. That's right. Okay. Yeah, so we, we baptized 74 people last year. Click on this uh, link right here. It'll take you to a highlight video of all the uh, people that we baptized last year. Scroll down. We had uh, people come to Discover Center Point class, our connect groups, 
Once again, we want to tell some stories of J.B. and J.B. Curtis, how his life has been impacted and changed in the Connect group. Uh, the Mathesis, Richard and Bridget, uh, it's a testimony there that you can see. Uh, as we go on, we had, what we had? We had 69 Connect groups. We have 759 people involved in Connect groups. And um, so it's just, uh, it's just an interactive way to see what's going on and the impact that you are having in the lives of other people. It's pretty amazing. Mission trips, we had 10 mission trips. Almost 200 people went on it. And in that, each, each uh, trip that we went on, there's a story that's represented, whether it's a video or a written testimony about that trip. Um, can you look there of what we've yeah, given? Go, go back up a little bit here. Okay. Yeah, on here, total missions giving, by the way, $344,000. So we want you to know that. I mean, that's important to us. That's uh, that's, I mean, I hope that encourages you greatly. Keep yeah. on going. I mean, this is one of the projects we did, the well. Where was that well dug? You uh, Honduras. Honduras. Okay. Yeah. So here's the race. The race we use the race as our, our number one fundraiser. There's we have four them. missions. Yeah, we have two races, and, and both of them go to help people go on those mission trips. And so we want to talk about that. And we actually have a story that impacts some of the people that got to go on those mission trips based on, on working at the race. So, uh, and there, our children's ministry, you can look... And read stories. Yeah, uh, and this is really great, too, because tell about that. Yeah, Thomas uh, gave his life to Jesus last year in our children's ministry. I mean, it's not that he's one of the kids coming. He's one of the kids who gave his life being part of our children's ministry. Yeah, and this is our VBS block party, how we redid um, the way we do Vacation Bible School last summer. It's, it's awesome. You'll be greatly encouraged by that. Yeah, so you see the numbers of the kids that attended. Same way with youth. you got stories like Amy Connell. She's one of our... our, our uh, people who work with our, our students, she's literally given her life uh, to ministering to them. I mean, she stays up late at night with them. She receives phone calls. Uh, we were talking about that just the other day. And it not just serving them has impacted those kids. It's impacted her life as well. And, and then the square one meetings that happen um, with our student ministry. This tells you uh, the connect group leaders we have, the connect groups, kids involved. Yeah, you know, John, what the amazing thing is, as we started doing this, I got so excited because I really began to understand the impact that our church is having in our area, you know, in, in people's lives. And here's our digital reach. We have podcast views, um, of total video plays. Here's all the, the, the sermon series that we went through last year. Yeah, and one of the things we'll even have for next year is we've got, um, uh, I do these radio spots that I'll tell you more about. I've mentioned it, and it's been amazing. I mean, those play on... Um, secular stations and they're on, they're on Christian stations and some of the feedback I get I'll share with you it's, it's amazing yes so um, just how many people see our, our Facebook website podcast views all of our sites all of our locations that we have at this time and the impact that God is doing in their lives and then our financial report is our last page of uh, the finances and with a video basically uh, that we did in the angel tree with um, uh, Auburn and the impact that you're giving here has impacted another community yeah, we had um, last year our total income was uh, 3,141,000. We um, spent 3,021,000, so we were over $100,000 to the good, and that's good. We can do more ministry and expand out this next year. We wanted you to know there's a breakout here of where that money was spent, and you can go back on this. I had some people after the 8 o'clock service. They said, well, hey, you know, you went through that pretty fast. I go, well, it's on the website. We want you to go through it as often as you want. Um, call us if you have questions or other things, but we wanted you to know where everything is. But the biggest thing, uh, first of all, can we thank God for everything he's done through our church yeah. this last year? Can we thank God for that? Thank you, Tommy. 
The reason I wanted to put all this at the end of this is because church is more. If this is more than you thought, if you didn't have any idea about some of that stuff that was going on, good. You know what next year's annual report? I hope we have whole new categories on here we haven't even thought of yet. I do. Because God wants us to do more. And we all play on that. We all play. It's not about me. It's not about you either. It's about Him. And He's given us His Holy Spirit so we can tell the whole world about Him. We designed Centerpoint so that people can play. Let's play. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, God, I want us to play. I want this church to be a place where everybody can discover their spiritual gifts and use them. Whether it's here in Prattville or Wetumpka or Pike Road or Auburn or wherever else. God, we're going to keep trying stuff. We're going to keep experimenting stuff. We're going to keep trusting you. Please, Lord, use us. Send us. Please show us where our gifts are. Open doors for us to walk through. And then, Lord, man, Lord, give us the power and the courage and the wisdom to use our gifts wisely. I thank you for the generosity of the people in our church. I thank you for all the people who are volunteering. I thank you for the baptisms and the spiritual growth and the lives changed through missions and for the people working with kids and the people volunteering to lead connect groups and the people leading those mission trips. Plus, it's all around the world. I thank you for the people who volunteer to put on the race, both of the uh, 10 miler and the half marathon. I thank you for our elders. I thank you for our deacons. Thank you for our site pastors. It's been so good to us. And God, 2018 is ahead of us. Most of it's still ahead of us. And Lord, we want to run right at it. Give us the power. Give us the courage. Show us where to use the gifts you've already placed in our hearts. Pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus. Open our minds to how much more there can be. Amen.